College football fans, welcome back to the College Ball Show. He's Marshall. I'm Chris, and we're here to talk some college football. Of course, the show's called College Ball. We're going to start by recapping Week 11, which had a bunch of ranked versus ranked matchups. Some of them, you know, were close, like Michigan and Penn State, like Oklahoma and Baylor. Some of them, well, Wake Forest and NC State was really close, 45 to 42. Some of them were more kind of lopsided. Um, Ohio State sent a message, especially offensively, 59 points against a solid Purdue team. We had some upsets. Mississippi State had a big, big comeback. Old Miss kept their really impressive season going. My Gophers went down to Iowa in a tough, tough game, unfortunately. So there is a you know wide variety of items to talk about um, when it comes to, to Week 11. Week 12, right around the corner, we do have number four, at least number four right now on any of these rankings because, of course, tomorrow night the rankings, the, the third official rankings come out. So right now, number four, Ohio State. Has a visiting team coming in, number seven, Michigan State. They're a 19-point favorite. Iowa State coming off a loss by a crazy long-ass field goal, 62 yards actually to be exact. They play Oklahoma pretty damn well normally. Oklahoma's only a four coming off their first loss of the season. They're only four-point favorite at home. Clemson, three-and-a-half-point favorite over Visiting number 12, Wake Forest. That's kind of interesting. Alabama, Arkansas, number two against number 25. That's another big matchup. Um, Oregon is going to be in the limelight here. Oregon against Utah. That's a pretty big game. Let's see if they can keep, you know, their, their winning streak going. Baylor coming off a big win. At Kansas State, only favored by one. Then you got like Nebraska, Wisconsin. Wisconsin has really turned their season around. They're starting to put up points. Their defense has always been nasty. But they're a nine-and-a-half point favorite to Nebraska. Sure, Nebraska's only three and seven, but they've played some tight games, so that might be interesting there. Um, so we'll definitely break down Week 12, whether it's the marquee you know, matchups, whether it's games flying under the radar, more of those – hardcore barn burner type ones to keep an eye on the second half of the fourth quarter. And then, of course, the betting lines, right, against the spread, upsets of the week, locks of the week, all sorts of stuff here that we'll talk about, no doubt about it. But if this is your first time listening to the College Ball Show, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope it up radio. You don't have to go to blog talk and rope it up and download the show directly there. Or listen to the browse. You can find this platform to listen to the college ball show, Rope It Dope Radio, on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spricker, almost across the board. We're also part of the Grueling True Sports Podcast Network. Uh, while you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com. And one more thing, if you're thinking about cutting the cord or you're having it, you're not quite happy, I got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. The prices start as low as $69.99. Best of live TV and on-demand, no annual contract, no hidden fees. If you upgrade to the Choice or Ultimate Package, you get three free months of HBO Max, plus you get to enjoy regional sports networks with no additional fees. As we've seen, more and more cable platforms don't have those uh, regional sports networks for some crazy reason. And if you go all the way to premium, uh, the Premier Package, you get HBO Max and Showtime already included. That's Direct TV. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and bring in my co-host Marshall and seeing how he's doing on this fine late Monday, late evening, or early evening Monday, I should say. Uh, I, I think for my opening rant, it's actually very peaceful. Uh, normally I'm, I'm complaining about something, and I did lose a couple of bets this weekend, but it, it really doesn't matter because the joy of checking Twitter of Kansas taking down Texas and Kansas fans chanting SEC to mock Texas. <laughs> it has to be one of the most beautiful things I've seen in college football in a long time. Obviously, I'm, I'm a little bit of an Oklahoma fan just because I have a good family friend. I go on my 
uh, March basketball trips with. He's kind of converted me, and I've never really been a, a Longhorns fan. And so I've become an OU guy, so of course you got to pick the rivalry there. And of course, like many people, uh, just kind of like even with like Carolina or USC, I mean, there's there's popular teams I like in sports too, but Texas is one of those popular teams where unless you're a Longhorns fan, you, a lot of people just don't like them. They got they got their own channel, they got all the money, they got all the they got all the um, necessities. You should need to make a good football team. But this year, the, the that good football team has not appeared. Um, Texas has lost five games in a row for the first time since 1956, and it's just a beautiful thing. Um, they lost for the first ever time to Kansas in Austin. Kansas had never won in Austin, and the kicker of it is, is they went Kansas saying, who the hell cares? Let's go for two. They go for two. No team get out the win in a play where the quarterback, he, he had a typical, like what you would do, like when you're playing um, EA football, when I remember growing up where you roll out to the right and then you just start going back and back and back. And you're, it was like one of those video game plays, Chris, where you're like, all right, well, if I hold the joystick back and eventually someone's going to pop open. And, I, I I didn't see the game live, so I saw the replay. I'm like, oh my god, like that was the winning play. But the quarterback probably had a solid ten yard backpedal, and someone popped open, and he had a beautiful pass. And man, it, it's not an opening rant today. It's an opening glorious moment to see the Longhorns, who every year at some point, some ESPN, SI, CBS, some sport person from Vegas says, this is the year. Texas is back. Well, you can't say Texas is back for a little bit now because you lost to the Jayhawks, and this is not at Fog Allen. This is not college basketball. You lost at home to a school named Kansas who sucks at football. So horns down, baby, horns down. How's it going, my friend? How's it going? <laughs> Imagine if it was Charlie Strong having this type of season. He'd already be canned. Oh, good God. Um, Oh, and just to yes. add more to it, Kansas won its first Big 12 road game since 2008. And that so that was a 56-game losing streak on the road in the Big 12. A total of 43 teams had won a road game as a Big 12 school since then, including five FCS teams. But, yeah, it was the first, well, like you said, first in Austin. First time they beat a FBS team since 2019, Texas Tech. So, yeah, I mean, they suck. You know what I mean? They suck. And, yeah, Texas, it's unbelievable. I mean, talk about falling. I mean, that that shows you how steady, notice how I said steady of a program they've been to not have five games, you know, losing streak, five, you know, since 56. That is impressive. But wow, sure. man, that uh, man almighty. Um, and speaking of man almighty, uh, you know, we we were talking about let's not touch this Purdue game and Ohio State game. Yeah, we know Purdue has some big wins. Most of their losses are to quality teams and all that stuff. And it's not like O'Connell didn't put up some yards, you know, four, 40 completions, 52 uh, out of 50 attempts, four touchdowns, no picks, almost 400 yards. They couldn't really run the ball consistently. But, man, Ohio State put up just a bunch of yards. C.J. Stroud has been on a tear, five touchdowns for him as well. Um, and like I said, they were able to run the ball. When you're able to throw the ball like that and run it for 263, 31 carries, 263, 8.5 a clip. Once again, have two wide receivers over 100 yards, and their best wide receiver maybe still had nine catches and 85 yards. So it wasn't like there was a slack there. Ohio State's really starting to turn it on. You know, they tend to start a little, you know, slow like a lot of, you know, quality teams. They take a little while to rev up. But, man, they got it going on, and uh, it's going to be tough, um, you know, down the stretch. They got some big, big games. But I'm glad we did not touch that spread. Let's combo it by Michigan getting a win at Penn State as well. Um, you know, they uh, 
it was a competitive game for the most part. I think seven to six or something like that at half. Uh, they got up. Michigan got up by a very small margin and ended up, you know, getting a touchdown, like a 15 play drive by Penn State tied the game. Then there was a fumble, much like that, uh, what happened to him, Michigan State, with a bigger lead, of course, got a field goal out of it. But, you know, Michigan calmed stuff down, went down there, pretty much easily scored, got the lead, and didn't look back. So Michigan gets a, a, a good win, you know, especially on the road. It's not easy to play there. Got a good win. And then Ohio State, um, like I said, just has it in high gear right now as we're closing November. Yeah, and, you know, it's really not a bad loss for Purdue. We talked about it on the show last week about how, hey, in the past month, you've literally upset the number two, number three team in the country. Like, what more can you truly want out of a program like Purdue? Like, that's not a slap in the face. It's just being honest. Like, you're have you were having a hell of a season, and you just came off a huge win at home. It's really hard to now get up for a game for a team who – View, who knows you're ready to go, who knows you're kind of a hot team, but is at home, who's playing their best football of the year. And, you know, for the most part, Ohio State goes on this run almost every year in the Big Ten, Chris, where they just are the best team in the in the conference. And Purdue's defense got exposed, and off, Ohio State's offense is clicking. That was not doing that efficiently at the start of the year. So they won. Um, again, I, it's not a, a, a truly impressive win because I did kind of see this being a flat spot. I mean, I, I you, well, I shouldn't say that. Their offense was impressive, but again, I'm, I'm not surprised with the score. We, we kind of thought this one would play out how it did. And credit to Ohio State, though. You took care of business. Um, you really didn't even give Purdue much of a chance. It was a, a score fest from the start, and Purdue did put up numbers, but Ohio State's uh, scoring progress was just at a at a different level. So credit to them, and credit to Michigan. Maybe this is the year. Maybe we're Harbaugh <laughs> finally. Maybe I don't know. But you did have a nice gritty win against Penn State. Again, that was a game where I was afraid to pick Michigan just because over the years Harbaugh's not exactly been the most reliable coach ever in big games, but he got the job done. Um, they had a, a nice little uh, tight end crossing route near the end of the game where the tight end and the wide receiver both kind of did like a five-yard cross, and the defense actually bumped into each other. And next thing you know, uh, the tight ends running down the court – or running down the court. Um, I had basketball on ESPN. <laughs> um, running down the field <laughs> for a touchdown. And, hey, that, that that's a great win. Your defense did what you had to do. Offensively, you did just enough. And you're you're hanging right in there for your um, chance to make in the Final Four. Again, none of this really matters if you lose to Ohio State because then your resume kind of just shrinks. But, hey, another nice win for Michigan. And it's even more of a beautiful day, Chris, because as I got to take my little shot at Texas, I get to take a shot at another guy who I can say with all my guts. And that's James Franklin. And I saw this beautiful stat, which is at uh, Penn State, you know, because he was at Vandy before, James Franklin is now 2-12 and against uh, top 10 ranked teams. And he's 0-8 in his last eight games. So for all the love people get, because his name is always one of the names that always pops up for, well, a coach got fired. You got to look at Franklin. You got to look at Franklin. Uh, He's got that Clay Helton side to him where, hey, you're an okay coach, but whenever you play a big game, uh, you don't win them. And 2-12 and 12 is a pretty shitty record uh, for a coach that who I think is a scumbag. So I'm happy to see Texas well, lose and Franklin. stuff now. This guy hasn't Franklin broken is. any laws and stuff like that. Uh, oh, his personality, Come okay, he comes, off, he comes off as a prick in my opinion. He, he just doesn't, he's not Urban Meyer. He comes off very unlikable to me. So, I, I, you know, it's just it's Franklin. Oh, and that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. when you say scumbag, it makes him sound like he should be in jail or something. Oh, no, okay, no, I, no. His personality rubs me the wrong way. So, yeah. There and we just go. just hear the win-loss record. And, but, again, his name is always top of the list. And, you know, are there possible better options now? Again, who knows if there are. But, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, the nice win by Michigan. 
And hey, again, Chris, we'll, we're gonna we'll we'll get to that game in a couple of weeks. Could this be the year? You know, the betting man would say no because yeah. Harbaugh's never done it. But this is maybe one of the best chances they've had. One of the one of the better chances he's had going into a Ohio State Michigan game. I guess that's fair to say one of his better chance. No, he did lose by a, a couple of inches one year on a on a fourth down call. I don't but think it's better he, than the last. I, I don't know about that. I don't think it's oh. one of the. I mean, maybe there's two other seasons that I think they had a better chance of doing. But yeah, it's tough to say. So a, a fighter's chance, I guess. Yeah. Now sure. I will say though. Um, okay. I was talking to a buddy of mine, and I was, I was, and I guess I was being naive, because um, if you look at the college football playoff rankings, um, you, you see that Sparty's seven and uh, uh, Ohio State's four, but Vegas has the game as a nineteen point spread this weekend. So clearly, the disparity of where they're ranked in the college football playoff poll and how Vegas sees these teams. Is a little mind blowing. Uh, you know, I, I I thought it would be not really though. We're, is Michigan State supposed to be lower? But when, but I'm saying it doesn't surprise you that it, for a team that's ranked fourth and seventh, you have a 19 point spread for the game. Doesn't that jump out to you a little bit? I mean, it jumps out to me a little bit. Yeah, it does jump out. To me. I think Ohio State's a better team, but it does jump out to me. And we'll talk about that when we get to the preview and predictions. That's something I was going to point out as well. But so, what are you trying to say? Are you saying they should be lower ranked then? They well, should be like tenth or twelfth then, or what? Just because Ohio State will beat them? Well, maybe this is one of those years where we and with this has been a theme all year where the top echelon teams are not quite as deep as normal. Because yes, I do think it is just just for teams in general. If you see one team ranked fourth and one team ranked seventh in the college football playoff a 19-point spread indicates that, hey, one of these teams really probably is too highly overrated. Or maybe it's just maybe it's just the season that it is. But I, I would bet well, you I can, give a There year, goes the overrated part. So you're saying well, they're overrated? Michigan State should be lower on the rankings then? Or just – this happens he, a fair amount of time. I mean, we've had number one – top two – or top ten matchups a couple times now for Alabama in the uh, – Georgia and they've been huge spreads. Yeah, but I, I I guess to me it does show you that something is off. Yeah, that a team well, is. What, what would be off then? Michigan State has to be ranked lower. Well, or maybe it's just how the many fact teams just, are going to be that close to them anyway on the on the that are below them. Well, I guess, or or you can just simply simply say it's a down year for it's a more of a down year where the top heavy team where. We don't have as good of a top heavy top ten as we normally do. Like I, I do think this does show that hey, like these teams who are obviously ranked six, seven, eight, nine, ten, like it is kind of a shitty draw because you would in a regular season you normally would never see teams who are separated by three points in the playoff poll be a nineteen. Now I do know that Bama has had their years where they're you know a twenty point favorite against Notre Dame on New Year's Day, but that's Bama. You know, but it's just. Oh, yeah, clearly the, we're in a down year to see the disparity of a point spread for teams who are fourth and seventh, not even one or two. So, yeah, I would yeah say but that, we that knew that shows. going – I mean, we've known that for some time that there's not a lot of great teams. Yeah, I, I just think that it clearly – Vegas is saying, that, yes, Michigan State is overvalued but with that spread for where they are sitting in their rankings, yes. Now, obviously – Right, but you can't the, go this, off with Vegas. you got to still rank them, though. I mean, no, I – no, I'm not. Like I'm you not still got to rank them. them you still got to, you know. I just think it is showing that we're having a down year, and that that number just seems it seemed a little high to me, which just goes to show just kind of the yeah the year we're having. But that but that's it's all. happened that, multiple times this year where it's a big spread against even rank versus rank. But let, let's let's get back on focus because these are games that are coming up that we'll talk about in the next week. Um, So, okay, well, anyway, um, Baylor, Oklahoma State, this was, in, in, in many ways, this was a pretty ugly game. Um, if you look at the first half, it was like, no, you screw up. No, no, you. Seriously, you get the lead. No, I don't want the lead. You take the lead. Like, it was like, 
Turnover on downs for Baylor, missed field goal interception. Oklahoma, Oklahoma, I almost said state. Interception, missed field goal, missed field goal. Like, it was an ugly game. Um, they did ride the ship and get up, though. Baylor finally got a nice little little cushion anyway. And down the stretch of that game, you know, they just managed to score a touchdown, a touchdown, and a field goal. And that put them away. And on the other side, you know, a young quarterback who's played great off the bench had a rough one, Williams, especially like two or three passes, especially one of them. He was trying to throw it away to the edge. He didn't give it enough oomph or something and threw it right to the guy. Uh, Rattler came in, couldn't do a whole lot anyway. They couldn't really run the ball all that well. Speaking of running the ball, though, man, did Baylor do that. 47 carries, 296, 6.3 a clip, had that 75-yard run by Smith, who ended up with a buck 48, 20 carries. Um, You know, Baylor was a team that has had a lot of close games. Uh, They did, uh, you know, drop one right before this, uh, 30-28 to in that look-ahead, peep-ahead game. But they were fully focused here, and, and um, Oklahoma finally drops a game after starting out 9-0. Yeah, and one thing I wish I'd heard before, so I could have told people on the our podcast to help people win bets, is that that Miranda, uh, who is the uh, L, not not LSU, the uh, new Baylor head coach, actually has been one of the better people that knows how to slow down Lincoln Riley. Um, so the three times they've faced each other. Lincoln Riley has pretty much done nothing offensively against Miranda. So whatever defensive game plan he has, people need to copy that. Because for the most part, Lincoln Riley for the past five, six, seven years has been up right up there with Kiffin as an offensive guru. But for whatever reason, whatever Miranda has come up with for his schemes in his prior job. He's been a higher rank than Kiffin, by the way. Because Kiffin, where's Kiffin before this couple of years been playing in a, in a mediocre league. So I would put him up a higher than Kiffin. Well, he's, he's had more tools, but I mean, Kiffin went to FAU and took that team for who was shitty to like nine wins in his first year. So I'm never going to say that Kiffin's not one of the best. We're talking about offense game. though. Yeah. Well, Kiffin's always had a good offense wherever he's been, but I'm always, I'm always going to stay with my guy Lane. But anyways, I mean, Lincoln Riley, he, he's whatever Miranda does works. And if you want, he, he held him pretty much to single digits in the first half of the three games he's coached against him. It worked again, and Oklahoma's offense never found a rhythm. Um, to make it more difficult, again, you do have a freshman who was playing a tough game on the road. Um, one of the reasons he did struggle in the second half was because, and it wasn't on purpose, but he got his hand stepped on, which clearly looked like it, it definitely messed him up. Um, there was a play near the end of the first half where he was scrambling on the sidelines and he slid down and a player who was pretty much jumping out of the way to not hit him landed like with both cleats on his hand. Um, so at halftime, they said they tried to do some stretches with his hand from what we heard from the reporters. Clearly it was pretty jacked up and anyone who ever gets stepped on by cleats with a full body weight on, it's probably, you know, luckily didn't break his hand, but he wasn't himself. They brought Rattler in for one series who did nothing special and they obviously went back to Williams, who had the sore hand. But, hey, tip my hat to Baylor. Their defense played phenomenal the whole game. Their offense did just enough because Baylor's defense actually played pretty well, too. As you said, there was a bunch of um, miscues on special teams from both ends. Where there could have been a lot more points in that game. Uh, but, hey, if you're Baylor, uh, you're still not contending to win the Big 12. And if you're Oklahoma – your chances of making the uh, college football playoff have now evaporated. So um, this was a loss, Chris, we saw coming. Oklahoma had pretty much played tight with almost every good team this whole year. And, again, you played tight. Your quarterback went through some growing pains. Again, he's a he's a true freshman. Like, he's not going to always have his best games. But uh, the jacked-up hand didn't help much. And, hey, credit to Baylor. Um, for a team who's not really got much media hype at all this whole year, you're putting together a, a, actually a really pretty nice season, and your chances of making the Big 12 title game and win the Big 12 are still open now after this win against the Sooners. No doubt. They didn't hold them to single digits the, the previous years, though, just, just to clean that up a little bit. They hadn't been – the fewest points they scored uh, before this 
was uh, Fort or er, Fort. What was it? 16, 14 points back in 2014. Now that was Baylor, different coach, but still a solid coach at that point, uh, who is now with what Carolina or whatever. So, um, but they didn't. They didn't. He didn't hold them the single digits the last couple of years. Oh, one of those years when, he put up thirty Miranda. Well, Miranda against Lincoln Riley, like, had held the team to single digits in the first halves of games he's facing. So he's been able to come up with something okay. initially, or at least, keep, or maybe under 14, but just keep it a low-scoring game. Yeah. Right. I mean, it wasn't, uh, yeah, maybe early in the games or whatever, but sure. they put up 30-something, and then the year before, like, 60-something. So, uh, But I think that was the year right before that guy got there. I just okay. want to clean that up a little bit. But it, it's funny that it was Baylor, though, in 2014 that – had uh, held them to their previous low at that time. All right, Old Miss A&M, speaking of a grinded-out game, I had no clue it would be this low scoring. We know, you know, A&M likes to kind of hold on to the ball and play strong defense. Old Miss likes to sling it around, but they can run the you-know-what out of the ball. The wide receiver injuries, not having a good defense. I really thought, you know, I had A&M uh, winning this game. Um, but credit to Old Miss, man. They held on. They got off to a pretty nice lead, got up 15 to zero, almost gave it back, you know, did with the, they got to 15 13, and then proceeded to throw a pick, which Old Miss, you know, Old Miss took advantage of right away because they only had like, I don't know, 18 yards to go, scored a touchdown, then got a pick six. The game was over by then, and, uh, very impressive. A win here for Old Miss and the Kithmeister. Yeah, that was a that was a great game where I was impressed with the Old Miss defense. That's why I was really nervous to pick them confidently on the show because Old Miss's defense has really kind of worn down a bit this year. Old Miss's offense has been beat up, but um, a couple of wide receivers came back. The defense played out their damn mind. You would not have known that was a hundred and twentieth ranked run defense if you watch that game um because honestly the a&m aggie defense who we know is good actually played out of their mind too they that game easily could have been 35 7 because old miss had all sorts of red zone chances but there was fumbles and turnovers and holding them to field goals which normally people don't do against old miss so um it was a defensive low scoring game for the most part which was surprising but you know, I think there was maybe a little motivated fire of, hey, you know, when you keep hearing you're, we're, you're a shade defense, you're a shade defense. Well, hell, they, they find a way to one, uh, find a way to, they found a way to win. And as I've been saying this whole podcast, again, I still have no idea in God's green earth how this Zach Kelzada, who has been the AM backup, but he he was completely awful. He he looked like trash. He just looked like a backup quarterback who's not that good. And I guess his shoulder pads were rubbing him on him, or he had a brace that was throwing him off. Like whatever. He just wasn't a good looking quarterback. Yet this kid on a given day smoked Bama for like forty eight points. I I will still never remember because I've like you know I've just that I can't get that loss out of my head where. I, the quarterback who I saw last night struggling against an Ole Miss defense, who's, again, ranked 120th uh, in a lot of important stats, or worse, was shutting him down, yet this kid on a given day just torched Bama. So he didn't torch Ole Miss. Credit to Kiffin. Uh, they got Vandy this week. That should be a 9-2. and two. Got the Egg Bowl, so it could be a nice 10-2 and two season for Kiffin. And that could be a really nice bowl game. So credit to them for the win if you're A&M. Um, you know, your, your, your slight backdoor chance of making the, uh, football playoff is now done. You maybe could add a tiebreaker on Bama, but, um, you know, off a of bye week, they just weren't quite prepared. And Hey, that was a, a tip of the cap to a, like a defense who's been shredded. So nice win. And, uh, yeah, just don't lose and lose this to Vandy. Cause I would have a, a tough time doing this podcast. If Ole Miss, uh, loses it to Vandy, that'd be, I, I might have to mute myself for a while. I don't know. Chris would be solo for a bit. So, do you still get to be the president of the Kiffin uh, Club if you bet against your guy? Uh, How's that work? I, I, How does that I, work? Is there uh, rules well, at all of that or no? Well, you Just know, check. I I, I figured I would I would pick I I, I bet A and M and I knew if if I lost my bet I'd be happy because Kiffin be won. Be happy either and, way. And if they yeah, but 
obviously I've made you those know, bets myself. Happy your 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 love your love of happiness doesn't equate to green, but yeah. yes, I was happy they got the job done. And hey, there's still a great chance Mackerel could win the Heisman this year. I hope he does. I would give it to him. Obviously, I'm massively biased, but his, his name is definitely up there and deserves to be. And if he hadn't been hurt with a bum ankle, it probably would be even higher up there. But he's going to be in contention, so I hope I hope he pulls it off. Again, I don't know if he will, but that dude's had a hell of a season, and I hope he definitely gets invited to New York City and has a chance to be one of the top uh, three finalists. Oh, Abraham would be the best uh, running back in the Big Ten again if it wasn't for the injury that he had. We probably would have won two more games, too, but could have, would have, should I guess. But you're right. He, he should get invited, no doubt. I mean, the guy's mm-hmm. been a stud, been a major, major part of that team, man. Both passing and running, that, that's not easy to do. No. Usually it's like, you know, you're pretty good at passing, but you're wet, you know, you're just elusive. Or the other way, you know, where you're more of a pocket passer, can't really scramble. This guy can, you know, do it all. And he's been doing it without a good defense, too. So you got to give him more credit there. Um, that NC State Wake Forest game, 45 42. Wake Forest gets the job done. They moved to 9 and 1. All quarterbacks were slinging it all over the field. And I mean all over the field. Whether that meant good or bad for their team, they were. All over the damn field. That thing came. It was kind of stuck on uh, thirty-one to twenty-seven for a while. Then uh, Wake kind of got up. Let's see, what was it? Thirty-eight to twenty-seven, and it just bounced back and forth, bounced back and forth, and it's just a great, great fun. Kind of lived up to what it was. I mean, ninety, what eighty-seven total points. Um, that's that was a fun-ass game. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see Wake Forest this week. We'll get into that in just a second. We had a couple other tight games. Uh, Utah got by Arizona. Arkansas, in overtime, beat LSU. Nevada uh, just barely lost on the road to San Diego State, 23-21. to uh, uh, I mean, a lot of tight games. And Mississippi State coming back from, what, 25 down for a school record to beat Auburn, who had really been pushing it, looking good this season, 43-34, to 34, our boy, boy uh, Bo Ryan, I mean Bo, we'll just call him Bo Nix, um, you know, he finally, <laughs> he finally let us down or kind of showed what he's been showing in general, but a lot of competitive games down the stretch of this day and throughout the day. Yeah, it was um... – Weird, the last one we talked about, because that Mississippi State team has just been a, a weird team this year. They've had some bad losses. They've had some great wins. They've had some weird losses. They were somehow ranked like 17th in that first college football playoff poll, and people were like, how the hell are they there? And, you know, then they had, they've just had a goofy season. But that's kind of, you know, a Mike Leach team. Some days that system's going to work. And some days it's not going to work, but when it does, you get to have crazy things happen where a team comes back from, you know, 28 to 3, which is that the the Falcon-Patriots game that will probably never leave our minds as sports fans until the day we die. So, hey, credit to them. Um, I hope that that was their best one of the year, so when they play Ole Miss in a couple weeks, they can play like shit. Um Yes, credit to them. Uh, again, it's just been a, a, a weird, goofy season. Um, and for the NC State Wake Forest, that was one of the games that really could decide who's going to represent or who could win the ACC. Um, now that puts Wake Forest undefeated in the ACC at six and zero. That puts NC State at four and two. That game was basically a, a pick 'em throughout the whole week. Uh, you had people on both sides making arguments for both teams. Everyone thought it was going to be a close game. Clearly, Vegas was dead on for this spot right here. Um, actually, a lot of people are saying that the Wake Forest quarterback, uh, Hartman, actually could be a person yep. who could be in uh, New York City with Corral on that uh, Heisman uh, podium for a possibility. But, I mean, hell, the Wake Forest is having their best year since I don't know when. Uh, his stats this year, Sam Hartman. 3,163 yards, 
30 touchdowns, eight picks. Like you're eighth in the eighth in the country for yards, fifth for TDs, you're 92nd for picks. You have the fifth best quarterback rating in the whole land. Like, yeah, that's obviously not a name that's going to get a whole lot of exposure because Wake Forest is known for basketball, which has been a little bit down lately. So, you know, it's not the biggest, obviously, football school in the country. But those kind of numbers, Chris, you're, you're going to get recognized by people who, you know, are looking for you know, an NFL job and all that stuff. So, hey, credit to him, man, that you're putting together a hell of a season and you do not have the tools that a Bama or an Ole Miss or a Michigan, Ohio State, like you're you're putting together a pretty special season for a Wake Forest school to be 9-1. and one. That That's a pretty damn good year, my friend. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, you know, Thursday football used to be a really big deal like a decade ago until NFL moved in on, on Thursday nights. But we did have a good game. That ended in overtime. Pittsburgh kept their winning uh, season going, thirty to twenty-three. That was a really fun game. Like it kind of had that, like I said, Thursday night good game. It wasn't always ranked versus ranked on Thursday night. Don't get me wrong, but it was usually like a competitive game with a ranked team involved. And sometimes you get upsets. I remember, you know, Virginia and Florida State. Many games over the over the you know Virginia my Virginia Tech and Miami used to play on Thursday nights a fair amount. And it is nice to get that. I don't think we get that this week. And San Antonio, you know, a lot of the country was like, hey, man, why are they not ranked? This is bullshit. They almost, I mean, that was a tie game, I believe, with like six minutes left. They ended up getting over Southern Miss. Once Favre got hurt, man, it was a different game uh, for Southern Miss. So UTSA keeps it going. Shots out to them. They're going to stay ranked. But, man, they had a close encounter, no doubt about it. Any other games that you'd like to mention before we get to week 12 and whatnot? No, I, I'd say I'm, I'm good, my friend. I'm good. Uh, there is a bunch of um, weekday games because we've got MAC uh, football, but none of those games are really worth uh, breaking down. But, no, I, I think I'm good. Oh, and I think uh, Missouri – won a game against uh, South Carolina. So it, it's been a very somber year for talking about uh, Missouri and USC, my two like longest teams I've ever supported. But if they're having trash years, I'm not going to waste time on our podcast talking about teams who don't really deserve any reps. Uh, yeah. So it, it was a rough football weekend for me too. My, my yeah. uh, Miami Hurricanes got beat by their rival Florida State after getting way down made this big comeback, ended up losing. Those games a lot of the times come down to the wire. And then Tanner Morgan slash wide receivers this year, a lot of wide receiver injuries. And uh, although most of them were healthy there, they had a couple of drops. And Tanner just hasn't played up to the standard we need him to in Gopher land. Otherwise, they would have beat Iowa. I mean, that game was very winnable multiple times in that second half. Couldn't quite get it done, but it is what it is. Um, right, let's move so on. I, oh, I already cut. got, I already got my pick of the week because <laughs> I don't know if this is love for Dabo, who doesn't deserve this year, but pick of the week, five stars, lock it in already. I, I'm in. Uh, Clemson's a three and a half point favorite at home to Wake Forest, a Wake Forest team who has a potential Heisman quarterback who has an offense this year has been mind-blowing, and maybe their defense isn't great, sure. but Wake Their defense is, sucks. It gives up 200 rushing yards a, a game. But, yeah, keep going. The defense does suck, but if we're going to get into a shootout-type game, and I'm sure Clemson's defense is okay this year, why the hell? I mean, oh, you want to talk about it. been solid this year. Yeah, the, but point spreads are running up to me, and I know I have my little rant on the Michigan State-Ohio uh, State game, but – Wake Forest is 12th in the country, and and that probably is a pretty well-deserved 9-1. That's a good record, and you're a three-and-a-half point. I'm getting a three-and-a-half point touch at Clemson, who, if you look at this Clemson team, I mean, I, I would venture to assume Wake Forest is at least going to score 35 points on this Clemson. They're, they're not going to get shut out. Again, you have a quarterback who's been slinging it all year. Uh, to a Clemson team who... Your best one of the year, you beat Florida State by 10. You beat Louisville by 6. 
you lost at Pitt. You beat Syracuse by three, you beat BC by six, you beat Georgia Tech by six. This team is a home favorite to Wake Forest? Oh, I, it, it literally took me I, I, uh, uh, the first pick of the show, my, my five-star pick of the week. <laughs> give me three and a half points. Give me Wake Forest. If I'm wrong, I'll, I'll, I'll own up to it next week. But that is a ton of value. And sure, Wake Forest's defense might suck. But Clemson's offense has been far from the uh, greatest show on turf St. Louis Rams back in the day. Like, this is a, a joke of a line in Vegas, in my opinion. I hope I'm riding this pick, but I will take it to the window. I'll bet it myself. Take Wake Forest. Take the points. And, hey, if Clemson's offense wakes up, so be it. But, hell, th- this Clemson defense ain't going to shut down Wake the whole game. I know that, Chris. So my first pick's already in. L- let's go. I- I'm already excited for this week. The Wake Forest, now according to ESPN's football oh, power index, they got oh, 68.5% in favor of Clemson. Now, oh, good God. Now, now, now <laughs> hold on, okay? Now, the one thing I'll say about Wake Forest is they have one ranked game win this year, and that okay. just happened. That just happened. And it was a hell of a game. And then they lost to a North Carolina that was out. You want to talk about overvalued when it comes to Michigan State. North Carolina was overvalued. They were a top ten team, I think ninth at the beginning of the year in the sure. AP. They beat them in a crazy game, 58-55. to 55. So let's not act like Wake, who you just found out about Sam Hartman being a Heisman guy. I mean, come on. We've been talking about the last time. No, but I, I'm with you. I am with you. On that pick, I, I'm right there with you. But I see what Vegas is doing here because they can, their defense can make it a tight game, and they've had close competitive games. All three of their losses come to ranked teams, and one of them is Georgia, and that was 10-3. to 3. So I, I, I get where Vegas is coming from, and, I, and I'm not saying don't touch it. I'm with you. I think Wake Forest has got momentum. But at some point, Clemson's going to break through and get a good win. Uh, but, yeah, that is something to look at. And the other, well, we have three ranked versus ranked teams, or, you know, going head-to-head. Now, Alabama, Arkansas, especially at home, they're a 20-and-a-half-point favorite. You know, at one point, a couple, you know, for a month ago, month and a half ago, Arkansas was a top-ten team. Then we just talked about Ohio State, Michigan State, 19-point spread there. We could talk about that, but Oregon and Utah, this, on the surface anyway, seems like a preview for the Pac-12 championship. Both are, you know, Utah still has a little work to do or whatever. Obviously, if they win here, they're in for sure. But I think they're only one game up. I kind of feel like they beat the team that's, yeah, because they only have Colorado. So I think they beat the team that's close enough to them there. I believe I'll check really quick, but um, you know, at home Utah, can they get it together? I mean, they barely won last week. So, you know, the Pac-12 beyond Oregon's been good week, bad week, good week, bad week. Stanford jumped up, got some wins, then you know, lost a game, some games they shouldn't, then end up beating Oregon. Um, kind of all over the place. According, I'm, I'm doing it again. According to ESPN's Football Power Index. 61.8% they got Utah to get it done at home where they play really well, that defense and ball control. I'm going to join them with Utah at home. Uh, that team just rarely loses big games at home. I know that the sample size and competition is not the equivalent to the Big Ten or SEC or even the Big 12, but, I mean, this is a – it's still like a – Pac-12 is not like a, a joke of a conference, and Utah has been a, one of the most steady, reliable football teams in the country for the past 10 years. So I think they could easily win this game. Um, Oregon, who has a lot of special players in certain positions, has not really been they've, – they've been kind of similar to Oklahoma this year, where you've won a lot of games. And obviously I know they had their good win against Ohio State. You can't discredit that at all. But from that point on, they've pretty much done enough to win 
but have not really done it convincingly. You had, yeah, you know, it was an okay win against Washington, but it wasn't great. Um, and they've had, you know, the, they've just had a bunch of wins where it's like, ah, you won by like seven, 10 points. And it wasn't done in a manner or fashion that's like, oh, that's, you know, you blew them out the water. So is Oregon a good team? Yes. Have they played up to their potential? Possibly not. Or maybe they're just not quite a great team. They just peaked early. Yeah, they peaked, yeah maybe peaked early. And maybe they're just not haven't found that rhythm again. Um, but to Utah, who again, who's, they've had their moments as well. But you know, the Utah actually will be an interesting match because Utah loves to run the ball and Oregon loves to run the ball. So, which um, team will win line of scrimmage in, in a in a you know, college football? For the most part, a lot of teams have gone to just the aerial attack and you know four or five wide and all that stuff. But these are two traditionally just run the ball down your throat teams, and yeah. it'll be a fun matchup. But I just got to give the edge to give the edge to uh, Utah Chris just because Utah at home is they kind of they're just a special team. That might be one of the most like lesser known best home field advantages in all of college football because that team almost never loses big games at home so i'll with you i'll take the edge with them there yeah i'm kind of in between on this one um but i am going to go utah as well i I am in between on this one a little bit though i'm kind of herky-jerky but it is a prime time game like you said uh utah probably a win but and they, and they, I just checked, they do have the win over Arizona State. So even if they lose, it's it's funny because Oregon can't take a loss right now, right? But it would help Utah's ranking go up to where when they get in the Pac-12, then they could beat them and that would help them. But, you know, losing that game would screw them over. So it's kind of uh, – that's the ranking system can kind of be like that once in a while where you're like, oh, man, I need them to do a little better. All right, Alabama, Arkansas, number two, number 25, 20 and a half point spread, Michigan, Ohio State, 19. Who can fall, if any, either one of them, who can fall, sneak it under, under that 19 and, and 20 and a half points? Um, can either team do it? Can Michigan or Arkansas, like, say, F you, Vegas, I'm going to make this closer than we think? And it, it could still be a double-digit loss, you know? Sure. Uh, I would definitely lean towards Arkansas. I think they have that natural way of just kind of trying to make the game slower. Um, their defense, you know, it's that kind of 3-2-5. It's kind of that goofy outline defense. But Alabama does not have maybe quite the horses Georgia does, which, like, made – which made Arkansas's kind of what their three two five or three two six defense get exposed. Like I, I think that it's just a better matchup to keep the game close. And as I've said before, my biggest issue with Michigan State is their quarterback's not that good, in my opinion. He just he has a potential Heisman running back with him, and well, they had a very talented wide receiver who busted his hand. Um, but I don't think he has the playmaking ability to match Ohio State. So if I had to pick either one, I would definitely lean towards taking Arkansas and their defense and their style against Bama's compared to a shootout with Michigan State, Ohio State, where I don't think the Ohio State uh, the, uh, offense will have to worry about Sparty uh, answering them points for points. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm going to go with Arkansas sneaking under it as well. It's interesting because – my squad, Minnesota, when it was full strength, um, you know, stayed underneath the, a 19-point spread. They obviously lost to Oregon. But even the games prior to that Purdue butt-whipping, uh, Penn State, who's good this year, but not any – they're not very good. That's for sure. They're, they're okay. They're good. 33-24 and 26-17 at Nebraska. So, man, I don't know. I mean – they haven't had, like, since that Oregon game in, I guess, Miami game or Minnesota game, too. They haven't had that, you know, I don't know. It's kind of like in the other two games beyond this Purdue game, they haven't showed up all that well either. You know what I mean? So I wonder if they're just going to – I don't know, man. The, the biggest thing is I see, like, Michigan State, I think they they give up a lot of passing yards too. Now that defense has been steady and good and all that, 
But if you're already giving up a ton of passing yards, <laughs> and like you said, they don't have the quarterback to sit there and, you know, put up 400 yards, and if he does, it may be some of it in garbage time. It does kind of make me scratch my head and wonder, huh, I wonder if they can hang. So I just think overall, uh, like you mentioned, the quarterback and the fact that they're past defense, this is not the team that you want to be struggling against the pass against. You know what I mean? You're yeah. going to struggle probably anyway with them uh, against the pass. And it's not like they can't run the ball at all. But, um, yeah, I mean, when you when it lines up, when you look at it, it, it is tough to kind of find, uh, you know, a, a way for them to win the game. Now, under the 19, do they have a chance? Yeah, they give up three. They give up 329 through the air. <laughs> that doesn't sound like it's going to be good. I wouldn't be shocked if they stayed uh, under 19 and just lose double digits. But I would. I wouldn't touch it. I wouldn't touch it at all. So I'm with you with Arkansas. I, you know, Alabama. We both think is going to win, but I do think that they could sneak under. A um, couple other ones that kind of stand out to me as well. Now Iowa has improved. Got a nice win last week. Got some you know wins under their belt and everything like that since that two back to back two game losing streak. Illinois is just you know they beat Penn State, they beat Minnesota. They just find a way to keep some of these games close. Other games not so much, right? But twelve. The only reason why I mention it is because twelve points spread Iowa. I'm wondering if you know Illinois can just grind a way to keep it under that spread. That is one of those against the spreads that I'm looking at. And Cincinnati's been pretty good, not great lately. Can they win by 12 by SMU, who actually recently lost back-to-back and should be fired up, ready to go? Another game, Nebraska, yeah, they're probably going to lose to Wisconsin, who's looked like gang beaters all of a sudden. Nine-and-a-half-point spread, though. We've seen how many times Nebraska, not just this year, but, you know, under the, the golden boy, the guy who was supposed to bring the Cornhuskers back, how many one-score games they've lost. Um, sure, that sucks for them. They've all actually, before this, yeah, they before this uh, week, they had outscored their Big Ten opponents, but only won once. So I'm wondering if Wisconsin comes back down to earth a little bit and Nebraska can keep it nine and a half. Um, there are some other games we'll talk about as well. What do you think about some of the things I mentioned and then you can – Go from there as well. Oh, man. Yeah, Nebraska, I mean, they've literally been every game this year has been close. I I think, like, it's almost been a single-digit outcome either way almost, and they've had a lot of of tough losses. Um, I did see Wisconsin's defense, who we gave credit to this whole year, is finally getting some help and has now had forced three turnovers plus three games in a row. Like, that defense is effing good. And if their quarterback wasn't a complete joke at the start of the season, they could be in contentions for maybe even, like, a a playoff spot just because this defense is elite, but their offense was really bad, and they tacked on some losses. But now that that offense has maybe figured things out minorly and not making a a joke of themselves, yeah, they're playing pretty good football. So, um, I mean, anytime you have three turnovers, three games in a row, like, that's – pretty damn crazy so I wouldn't I'd be nervous to bet Nebraska I mean I know their MO has been close games this year but they're they've lost a lot of close games here due to mistakes and turnovers and you know just whatever so that that wouldn't be a a little scary for me um I did see this spread seemed again strange uh Kansas is in NLB Texas I'm sure there's the massive hangover effect but they're a 22-point underdog to TCU, who they had their hangover victory party celebration to beat Baylor. So I don't – 22 points is a lot of points for a TCU team who up until last week had their Baylor surprise win of the year, and you're getting three field – I mean, I guess they think Kansas, like, literally packed up their bags. Hey, right, we're going to go to TCU, but we don't really care. We beat Texas. Life is good. Let's call it a year. Like that seems a bit high. I I would I I don't love it as much as my Wake Forest lock, 
but that one seems a bit crazy to me. And the other line, which I'll ask for your take, because I'm a little torn on this, but I think it'll be a fun game to watch because it normally always is, as you mentioned earlier in the show, is Oklahoma-Iowa State. Um, I know that it loses the love affair because Oklahoma is now out of the final. Well, I should say never say never, but more than likely Oklahoma has no chance of making the college football playoff. Well, they have a very small chance. Okay. And Iowa State, who's four and three, um, who's having a very weird year as well. Um, I guess that thing of Brocktober where they went all October, that's their main thing is true. Um, But Iowa State travels to Norman. Um, you would assume that the quarterback freshman, his hand is good. If, if not, you assume maybe you're out to get to start. But Oklahoma's minus four, I think they should be favored. I think Iowa State's had their ups and downs this year. Uh, but if I had to bet this game, man, this is a weird spot. Uh, I feel like Iowa State has kind of been uh, – fuck, I, I Gee, I, I don't, I don't know what to say, Chris. And if you had to pick, if you had to bet a team in this game, where you have an Oklahoma team who's pretty much won close games all year, not look great, finally had a loss, maybe they re, rebound, rebalance. And I suppose if you're an Oklahoma fan, you're still in contention to win the Big Twelve, which you oh, know yeah. you can't. Maybe you, you know, like so. Yes, it, it was probably a, a tough blow to take to the team because you're maybe not out of your Final Four. But if you beat Iowa State and you beat Oklahoma State. Now you're back in the Big 12 title game, so I I don't think the season's lost. But let's just say that the quarterback's hand is healthy. Does Iowa State sneak up on Oklahoma like they always do? Or does Oklahoma rebound and get their ship back in the right direction after their uh, final first loss of the year? Yeah, and in recent times, as we know, Iowa State's played them really tough. You could just For look sure. back to last year. I do like that four point. I do like them to win. Uh, but I do think it – I could see it being single digits. I wouldn't – I wouldn't be shocked. I don't know. I would, stay, I would say, like, oh, Oklahoma, they're finally going to just break out, right, and have a big, big win. But I don't know, man. That Iowa State defense is legit. It's pretty legit. So, you know, they're a good overall unit. I think they hold people to under 200 yards rushing or passing. So I like I like Oklahoma, but it is a very competitive game, and I'll take the four points. But I see where you're coming from on this one. And Oklahoma finally lost a November game because they speaking about October, November they they hadn't lost a game in November in a long, long time. I can't remember the cutoff date, but it had been a while, no doubt about it. Any other items before we get to the crafty, crappy pick of the week? By the way, Maine came through. And here we are, sitting at 7-4 and four on the season. One more game gets you to 8-4. There's only two more picks left. So, you know, we're in the money regardless. But, man, got a big, big pick coming up to try to spread it to 8-4. and four. But I'll take 7-4 and four for our uh, crafty, crappy pick of the week here. Uh, the only other game I just kind of looked at, um, I wouldn't mind looking to get at Purdue. I know we've talked about them quite a bit lately for a team that's six and four, but hey, you, you had a tough loss. You come back, and why would they not again put up big numbers? And you're playing a Northwestern team who, for the first time in what appears to be probably a decade, is having a really crappy year. Not that Northwestern's ever great, but they're normally like seven and four or seven and five or kind of six and five. They're around that five hundred. This year they're just down, down, down. So. Purdue minus 12 at Northwestern actually seems kind of intriguing to me. That's a – Purdue's been a pretty solid team this whole year with highs and lows, but you, you had a low, now you come back with a high. So it would not surprise me whatsoever to see um, Purdue's passing attack put another 40 points up. And Texas-West Virginia, I, I'm – West Virginia, again, I know they're 4-6 and six and they're 2-5. and five. They have the exact same record as Texas. But they've been, I would like to say, a little more of a solid team. And you can't imagine that there's a whole lot of positivity what going do you on. Mean? What do you mean? It, 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 uh, I disagree with that. So <laughs> it, I, I, this one may be like a smaller play, maybe bet some pennies on it. But 
I would feel relatively comfortable at two and a half, too. Yeah, I, I would I would sprinkle a little money on on West Virginia because this Kansas you've lost five in a row. You lost to Kansas. God knows what kind of speech Sar gave on the bus this week. But take take West Virginia. Uh, I take think the he's minus two and a half the, on the bottle. I'm sorry. I think he's probably back on the bottle, dude. I hate uh, to say that. I, I know I know that he had a problem with it in the past. I'm not trying to. I am trying to poke fun a little bit, but I'm just saying, man. If there's Jesus. Uh, man. Good God. All right. So we gave out I mean, some, uh, we gave out some big 12 picks. So we like West. Well, I like West Virginia. No, I like West uh, Virginia. Minus two and a half. I'll take Kansas plus 22 against TCU. I think the number's a, a bit yeah, high. Yeah, that, that's pretty. And my love, my love. And, the, and the Kansas week. almost beat Oklahoma, too. So this yeah. isn't anything, you know, no. we're not, they're not coming out of left field with just one good win out of nowhere. Well, and, they kind of and are, I, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And my favorite pick of the week is uh, take Wake Forest plus three and a half at Clemson and take it to the window and, and make some cash. All right. Four. And this is a weird spot because – this is this is hands down the worst um, game of the week from win loss record, but the I'll, I'll I'll just do it I'll go I'll go but this team it, despite their record I don't think they're truly that shitty so in this matchup it is an eleven o'clock Central Time kickoff you're going to Yulman Yulman or Yulman Stadium in New Orleans Louisiana okay. The South Florida Bulls are traveling to take on the Tulane Green Wave, who's one and nine. So yes, I did just say that a one and nine team is not that bad because I don't think they are. But when you're one and nine and all in six in conference, I guess it's really hard for me to pat you on the back too much. So Chris, this game is at Yulman Stadium in in Baton Rouge area, the Cajun loving area. All right, we're, we got we got some fans. will be there. There'll be some good tailgating in the morning. A ticket you can get in the door for three dollars. Maybe I should go. <laughs> I mean, I three coaching, bucks. Shit. If I wasn't I mean, coaching, I'd probably go. Um, what does your gut say? And I hope Tulane wears their uh, baby blue jerseys because those might be the nicest jerseys, in my opinion, all of college football. Um, Tulane's minus four, over under sixty and a half. Again, the team's one and nine, but goddamn, if you look at the schedule, I don't think they're that bad. What are you going to pick in this one, brother? Let's try to move to eight and four on this one, my friend, for the crafty traffic pick of the week. Well, they definitely. I mean, this this does more than fit the description of crafty crappy pick of the week because um, both. I mean, the, you know, South Florida giving up thirty five point four, and our two lane squad here that we've talked about minorly. Actually, you're right this year. 36 points. So they definitely fit the description when it comes to that. Um, they, like, if you look at South Florida, their defense is giving up 212 on the ground and 274 through the air. Um, and, and actually, yeah, 274.7 and 274.5 is what Tulane's, you know, giving up there. So, um, and they've had some head to heads. You know, don't get me wrong, they've definitely had some head to heads that kind of you can just measure it up and say, oh, they did that against that team, that against that team. And, you know, the only win they have is Morgan State. And for whatever reason, there's a bunch of Bears there, I guess, Morgan State Bears. But the Green Wave, it's hard not to pick them for a variety of reasons, and that's why we talked about them before this game, like you mentioned. But they had a close game, I guess, who has it with Oklahoma. Uh, The competitive early part of – the Houston game somewhat recently. Um, Cincinnati, they were grinding that one out. Uh, they lost in overtime. So, yeah, I'm going to go Tulane to get their second win of the year at home. Like you said, three bucks. This isn't up in the east in Amherst, you know, with all those, uh, you know, former presidents and vice presidents and, and all women's you know, schools up there, colleges that have all these prestigious folks living, you know, graduating from there. This is a little bit different. This is a little bit more my speed 
three bucks to get, and I'll take it. But I'm going with the the two lane green wave to get us to eight and four and another home win. Really. And in the uh, battle of alumni, okay, we I th- we uh, we'll, we'll wrap this up. All right. So for South Florida notable alumni, oh boy, this oh this is uh man, there's not a name really worth talking about. Uh I believe we did use this school no oh, that oh we had the answer not man, yeah, Jason Pierre Paul, the uh Giants the end. Uh this is this is dicey. Uh they have no one really worth mentioning besides Jason Pierre Paul. This is brutal. Well, mention a couple because you just may not know them. Who else? Yeah. All right. So the the top the top people are uh, Asif Mandiv. Okay, so that's a, an actor. Okay, they got Tony. Okay, Tony Larusa, who's a baseball manager. I knew they had something else. In there. Okay. Uh, Jeff Cunningham, who is a uh, an NFL player. I don't recognize. Uh, oh, he's a oh a MLS soccer player. So he's not a is a, a worldwide football okay. player. Uh, this, dear All right, God. you were right. You were yeah, right. this is what, what, what do we got on the other side? All right, for Tulane. Oh, first name up, Jerry Springer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, baby. He's going to be out the game, too. Three bucks to get in. Second name is John Kennedy Tool. Is that one of the, is that a relationship to JFK? John, uh, maybe. Uh, Newt Gingrich. Uh, and a bunch of old people who I do not recognize. Uh, man, this one's uh, Ashley Biden. Is that Joe Biden's? Did Joe Biden? Does Joe Biden have a daughter that went to? She's an American social worker. Uh, yeah, her. Okay, Joe Biden's daughter went to Tulane. Yeah, they they definitely got it. Uh, I don't Anthony, like Newt Gingrich, but he's he's a popular guy. Uh, Matt they got Hayes, it by Bears mile. running back, and Anthony Jezelnik is a famous stand-up comedian. Okay, yeah, Tulane got that win. That that wasn't close at all. So yeah, for the, uh, the last two times we've matched the alumni with the win. That's resulted in a win. So let's let's cash out number three in a row. Take the Tulane Green Wave. I hope they wear their beautiful baby blue jerseys with the. With the cool looking uh, Kool Aid dude guys on the helmet. So, yeah, let's take them to the window. This has been another fun podcast to do. We appreciate our listeners. There wasn't a whole lot of crazy, crazy matches besides the Ohio State uh, Michigan State game. I know that spread's a bit high, but again, a lot of times we don't have the best matchups expected on paper. We get the most fun things to talk about because we see upsets that we did not plan. And a lot at this time of the year, some teams are looking ahead. Some teams are mailed, you know, checked out. Some teams are trying to go for that bowl game. And some teams are still trying to win their conference. So this time of the year normally results in a lot of good college football, which hopefully you'll be able to enjoy. And we're not getting far away from Thanksgiving time and bowl games, all that fun stuff. So thank you for listening for another week. Chris and I are about to watch some football and relax tonight. We hope you have a great evening. The boys are out tonight. Peace.